Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Rachel Lyon to explore the latest in global cybersecurity news, trending topics, and industry transformation initiatives impacting governments, enterprises, and our way of life. Now, let's get to the point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of To The Point Podcast. I'm Rachel Lyon, here, joined yet again with co-host Eric Trexler. Hi, Eric. Hey, Rachel. We're back together after that one episode you were not happy about, I, I think, last week. Yeah, he cheated on me. Yeah, I'm just going to keep saying that again. You cheated on me with Petco, but that's okay. You know, it was, it was a timely thing. I get it. I wasn't available. That'll teach you to take yeah. vacation to move. <laughs> okay, let's, let's get right into this because I am yes. extremely pumped to have our guest back today again. Do you want to introduce him? No, I'm horrible at that. Okay, great. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Joe Uchel, senior reporter, SC Magazine. Hi, thank you for having me. And Joe, we'll get you, we'll get you some sleep after this. Although, yeah, it's, it's early in the morning in Ukraine, so you should be able to get a couple quick catnaps in. Yeah, exactly. Which we're really excited. We were just talking before we got on here, um, following your awesome reporting on Ukraine. And, you know, I mean, there's just so much to unpack here and, and, and so much to talk about. And, you know, what, I, what I've been kind of finding really interesting is, or, or, and not, but maybe not surprising, is the, the Conti coverage that you were writing about and the affiliates kind of, um, you know, sharing secrets uh, from behind the scenes. And uh, for, uh, for our listeners- Rachel, maybe, you're going to the know. middle of the movie before, oh, I mean, the setup. Give Joe shoot. time to, I mean, he's done <laughs> so much. You can't jump to the middle. Okay, okay. Well, rewind, rewind. Let him start at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> So I have a uh, I have a document from Equinix, their threat analysis center that I that I received yesterday, that shows and we can't show our listeners, but it, it shows like the beginning of the campaign. And Joe, I'd love to know if you agree with this, but we, not counting the the efforts in fifteen and sixteen and seventeen and ongoing, but we we first started to see some website defacements in the Ukraine on the fourteenth of January, according to them, which we then saw on the fifteenth Whispergate wiper deployments. The uh, the uh, Crimea based FSB campaigns were detected. Like uh, I can't even pronounce it. Gamma Redon, Gamma Redon, Redon on the thirty first of January. So the month of January was like preparatory time from the research I've done. Um, and then we saw Saintbot outsteal malware um, early February. DDoS attacks started on the fifteenth, and then the night before. I think the 23rd of February, the night before the invasion. Does that loosely line up with, with what you've observed? Um, yeah, there, there may have been um, one, other, one other wiper that might have limited impact uh, and which ESET, uh, ESET detailed called Isaac wiper that was supposedly very low tech uh, and Faulty okay. to the extent that they needed to, they updated it to add a, a logging function to see why it wasn't working. Um, as a, uh, Microsoft rep made, reported some some uh, Trojan, uh, but for the most part, that is that is what we've seen. And what's been very surprising is that's much less than um, I think the cyber war that could have been. Um, if you. Right. You mentioned 15, 16, and 17. Um, if you compare this to the last seven years or so, this is not one of the worst years of Russian aggression against Ukraine 
in terms of cyber attacks. Uh, I mean, keeping in mind that Russia in very recent history has caused two major blackouts or not necessarily major blackouts, but two blackouts, uh, as well as launching not Petya. Um, this is not right. one of the, I mean, this might be the fourth worst year out of seven. Like it's, it's not, it is, it is a baseline year for Russia against Ukraine in terms of cyber warfare. Um, everything has been more on the ground than kinetic. So let me ask a question. I mean, I don't remember when they started with the exercises, if that's what you want to call it, but I, I, I want to say it was like November, December. That sounds about right. Um, Somewhere in that window, let's just say a couple months. So they're pulling troops into the into the area of responsibility, the AOR surrounding Ukraine and in and, and Belarus, but in Russia, they haven't crossed the border yet for at least a, a couple months. They're preparing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it seems they go. And and we really had we had some wipers the night before, I think, on the twenty-third. We've had a we had a little activity that day around ICS, but it, it it's almost like they forgot they had this in their arsenal, their kit bag. Well, um there's some evidence. Um the Royal United Services Institute uh was given access to some of the internal Kremlin surveys that they had done in Ukraine. Um, it seems like there may have been a feeling, um, depending on how they interpreted those surveys, um, it seems like there may have been a feeling that um, public opinion was such that they would be able to, that this would have been something easy, that they would have had the hearts and minds of the Ukrainian people and being been able to... Um, been able to walk in as opposed to have to fight their way in. Um, right. Right. That was my like overwhelming force, 190,000 or so troops. I think they're doing more now. 90% are now engaged as of today, the uh, 4th of March. But that was my impression, right? We're going to roll in and we, we don't want to wipe the systems of all the infrastructure because we're going to have to we're going to have to deal with this as part of Russia or whatever they were dreaming at that point. And, and the, the current regime, um, the current leadership of, of, of Ukraine was not particularly popular um, up until the invasion started. The past leadership has been pro Russia. Um, so there is a pro Russia, there, there is a pro Russia sense uh, among some people in in the region, uh, there's a lot of overlap culturally and even in terms of uh, familial, uh, even families overlap quite a bit. Right. So there might not have been a desire to make this a off the bat, a a war of. Um, as a, an incredibly hostile war at the same time, um, I think the way that. It has been interpreted by people. I've, I've seen articles declaring this the first major cyber war. I've seen um, media. Yes. Really? Um, wow. What evidence? I think it's that no one that until outside of the cybersecurity press and the cybersecurity people, I don't think people mm-hmm. in the general public had a sense that the baseline is that Russia attacks Ukraine. 
um, that the baseline is that there sh- that that there is consistently some attack going on in some way. Um, we have a very different sense of um, war footing, I guess would be the right way to say it. For for us that we're not okay. that we don't continue since we don't continuously do op- have operations going on to uh, very publicly damage infrastructure. Um, I don't think there's as much of a sense of how Russia traditionally operates in terms of um, just consistently being doing things that we would consider cyber war um, within the general public. And because of that, that low grade cyber continual cyber conflict that we just find ourselves have um, found ourselves in. Right. Yeah. I got you. And because of that, um, the fact that there were things like wipers, um, multiple rounds of wipers, the multiple rounds of DDoS right. attacks, the SMS spam, um, it does seem like I can see how it might seem to people on the outside like this might have been a a more of a hybrid war than people within the cybersecurity community might be making it out to might, right. might believe it is. Yeah, definitely. It's cause I think a lot of us in the cyber world, right. I mean, we're kind of like, why isn't there more going on? <laughs> well, well, exactly. I mean, we, we do a lot, we do a lot yeah. here, not a commercial, but we, we do a lot of work in thinking around industrial control systems and, and power and, and, and water and sewer and, nuclear and everything. I mean, that's what we worry about. Right. A month ago, I mean, two weeks ago, who would have, who would have raised that the, the thought that the physical att- assault on those systems through kinetic bomb- bombardment, right. right? We've had two nuclear reactors that have now been um, taken over by the Russians in different states of uh, capability, you name it, Chernobyl, yeah. and I can't pronounce the other one off the cuff. Um, we've had water, sewer, power. I mean, we have all kinds of issues kinetically, not mm-hmm. cyber. Right. So we think differently too. It's when people when when people do the hot wash of the war. It, it seems like the bigger the bigger issue than cyber will have been logistics on the part of Russia, um, just being able to feed troops and fuel machines as opposed to. Um, right. more modern technical issues. But that, that being said, it, 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 we've seen elements of information warfare sort of being thrown back at Russia. We've seen um, um, right. interesting things within how globalism has affected uh, cyber criminals, which is what you were getting to at the outset of the uh, outside mm-hmm. of the, the podcast. The, the middle, middle of the movie. It's one of the things where it's still, <laughs> there's, there's a ton of stuff that we've, that, that has come out of this that mm-hmm. I think is still very interesting uh, for the cybersecurity community. Um, in addition to the fact that it is, it is certainly interesting that um, we didn't see uh, you know, Thomas Ridd's book is still there. There will there there won't be cyber wars. It's he's still it's still holding strong. Like there's there still has not been the the, the yeah. cyber war. That, uh, yeah. 
It's it's interesting to see um, the, you know, I like InfoSec Twitter and everything. I mean, when this started kind of happening and, you know, a lot of people kind of signing up to like volunteer hackers and things like that. And I, I think that's that's really interesting as well. I mean, have we seen that in recent history? So many people just signing up to like, I'd like to be a volunteer hacker. IT to the best of my knowledge, we've never had a Western government publicly ask people to voluntarily join join up the brigade. Um, we've seen, yeah. there have been times when countries like Russia and Iran in the past have have recruited from criminals, um, from criminal forums. Um, there's obviously um, some nexus between evil old corp and, um, and, and the state of Russia, um, although there's some debate over whether or not how active the connection is. There's some evidence within the Conti leaks, again, middle of the movie, that the FSB was directing some of Conti's actions in the middle uh, a, a few years ago. But mm -hmm. I don't think we've actually seen this. Um, the 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 strategy being well, the 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 ending of the movie Hackers, you know, or the, the hackers of the world right. unite approach to uh, to to doing this. I don't think that people have ever tapped into the community yeah. as a. Um, in that in that way, and there's some interesting yeah. aspects to that that I, I think are worth approaching. Um, when you go to mm -hmm. a large decentralized group of hackers, um, you're running and you run into the chance that um, direct the self-directed attacks might not might damage other. It's harder to corral. <laughs> it's harder to do a strategic attack. Yeah when you don't actually right. control all of the group, um, when people are working right. on their own. And there's a chance that something that, say, the United States, is, like a United States operation might be interfered with by a, you know, Steve operation, um, where, where Steve is my, my hypothetical right. just hacker. So we have less command and control because, let's be honest, they're criminals. Well, I feel they're like going to do what they feel like doing, criminals, right? But I feel like there are people who normally would not be criminals. Obviously, everyone who is doing this right, right now is. Oh, is I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Anybody okay. who's involved in this, um, whether or not there will be any prosecution over joining up with Ukraine, um, right. you are technically still right. breaking a like law. Like an anonymous. Yeah, a, a good example is anonymous who who decided to yeah. unite against Russia, um, right? But and it remains to be seen if Russia will what how Russia will view that as in terms of a Western um, if it's if they will right. view that as Western directed aggression. Um, right. Well, that's a good point because if yeah, if, really if their yeah. if their frame of reference is hey we do redirect criminal the criminal element to attack our adversaries and to do things on our behalf. You would think they would say, I'm betting they do exactly the same thing. We and do it doesn't do seem it. right now like I don't um, without trying to. Without trying to 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 guess at the psychology of of Russian leadership, they're not. Um, right. It's not the most. Proportionate response group that um that that exists right 
that they're dealing with. Right. Yeah, I think things. I think most people would say things are not going as they had projected. They have a lot of problems, and yeah. this isn't the biggest one. Um, but in terms of, um, there has been bickering amongst different groups of pe- uh, who have been involved in the uh, over people claiming credit for other people's work within the the uh, hacker underground. Uh, I don't, what are we calling that? The, the, the freelancer group, um, of, uh, the, the mercenary. The, the, Sold. Yeah. You, you tell us what yeah. you want to call them. We're good. Freelancers, mercenaries. Yeah. Um, it's right now, it, I mean, there's been dissent amongst them, uh, in terms of who gets credit for what, right. um, what, which groups are, are consider each other legitimate, um, and there is still the the one that's being directed via Twitter by by Ukraine, uh, where the IT Army Twitter account will tweet out potential targets. Right. And keep in mind, um, the other thing to keep in mind is if you try to attack something like Gazaprom, you know, you go after the the gas company, uh, that is something that people will see as a as a state thing. But at the same time, it's providing gas for 50% of Germany. Like it's, you don't, the, the people were at, the people you are angry at are probably not the people who will necessarily be, are not always going, are, many of the people who will be harmed by these kinds of things will uh, not be right. the people you are, you are angry at and may not even be the people within the country you are angry at. Wow. Right. Right. Wow. Uh, so you want to hit Conti, Rachel? <laughs> hit the middle of the story, or uh, where do you want to go? I just, you know, I love ransomware as a service, and I, you know, I always like to see dissent in the ranks. And um, I think for folks that maybe don't know what's going on with Conti, Joe, do you want to give them like a little quick primer on what's like going on? Like who they are, what they're doing, what's going on of, of late, and, and Chain what's is yeah. a group that um, does forensics on blockchain. Says that Conti was is is the most active. Ransomware is a service group from last year. They made about $100 million, $180 million in revenue. Um, yeah. Nice. We're, we're all in the wrong. Yeah. Yeah, not, no, not, not nice. <laughs> and that's kind of tax-free, right? I mean, those are tax-free um, dollars, I think, I, if I'm not mistaken. So. I, I would assume yeah, they're so. tax-free. Um, the <laughs> Conti, like, many, like most ransomware organizations right now, isn't really a, a single thing. There's a group of people who design right. ransomware known as Conti. Um, but that ransomware is installed on the systems by a group of affiliates who may use a bunch of different services. Right. They might use Conti at the same time that they're using, mm-hmm. you know, Conti on some systems while they're using um, Lockbit on other systems. There's a constant, um, right. a constant uh, battle to get different get affiliates to use your product. Uh, the same way that um, ven- sure. any vendor, any supply chain component will, uh, any, right. you know, any the same way that one supplier of widgets will 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 fight with other suppliers of widgets to be the supplier of widgets being used right. by um, by a specific right. by a specific group. It's it, it's a complex economy that involves people from many, many different nations. Mm. And that's important because um, 
the Conti group said, uh, sort of cast its lot with Russia, saying, uh, releasing a statement saying that it was going right. to, if, if Russian critical infrastructure was attacked by the West, it would strike back. Um, it was seen as an anti-Ukraine right. statement by many of its, uh, many of its uh, affiliates, and the affili- one of the affiliates mm-hmm. started leaking internal documents, including chats, source code. An affiliate um, from believe, Ukraine, I believe so. I don't think there, it's. Yeah, I don't, that's, I, that's what I've read. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It, who because, knows? I don't know if. I don't know how I, I haven't confirmed that, and I don't know how you would confirm that um, at this point. But the um, right. it's led to Conti more or less shutting down, uh, shutting down a, a lot of its internal infrastructure, um, which means that they either are going mm-hmm. to have to relaunch and rebrand or just go away. Um, right. And it's led to other groups having to respond. Uh, the group Lockbit, for example. Um, came out with a statement saying uh, that it was it, that it's a group that has affiliates from, from all nations, all race, all races and religions and creeds. It has the line in it. Uh, we are all earthlings. Right. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's the kind of pro multicultural statement that you would expect from a normal corporation. Only it's talking right. about it's its own internal affiliate groups. Uh, saying that they will not, they're they're not right. going to take a side in this, um, and that 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 seems right. to be the um, the way that most of these are going. Uh, what's interesting is in in this battle that's being fought very publicly using globalism, um, using the interconnectedness of the economies of all these nations with different kinds of sanctions right. and banking limits and things like that. It's also going on in the criminal world where. Um, the multi the the globalism of the criminal economy is coming into play with how these criminal groups work. Yeah. yeah, it's a crazy evolving space right now. So, so speak and speaking of that, Joe, how do you decide where to spend your time? Like, what to write about? I mean, there's so much going well, on. Um, I think for. There are a few different things that um, I think reporters in general are interested in um, and that we are specifically interested in at SC. At SC, we are mostly focused on um, on cybersecurity from an enterprise point of view. So a lot of what we're interested in is mm-hmm. in things like sp- uh, the spillover, potential spillover from a potential attack. Um, things like the the, the, the right. CISA alerts and that sort of thing, um, and I think that that is a that is a legitimate thing. If you are in America, you might want to you might be very concerned over what will happen to you to you specifically. Right. Um, at the same time, I think that there's both concern for the humanitarian elements of what's going on in Ukraine because of the high potential for for danger and what people who have cybersecurity knowledge can can do in those cases um there's a lot of beyond the the more criminal um approach uh that we talked about earlier there's there's also the opportunity a number of companies are offering free services to um to people in the ukraine a number of individuals are offering free consulting um one the the guy who owns a company called uh cyber cyber night uh out of belgrade is offering an apartment uh, just for for refugees, 
Um, there are other ways for people with cybersecurity knowledge to to get involved, and I think that that is a thing that people are interested in. Um, and um, I think for what will eventually become the story, although maybe not in an enterprise publication like ours, but I think in, in the broader the broader view of this will be how. Ukraine more or less won the information war against Russia in this, that we are telling the story from Ukraine's side, even though this, that's, that's considered a Russian skill. Um, right. And yeah. That's a big that's, one. Yeah. So that's a good point. I'd I mean, coming back to the whole like getting involved though, and you know, I, I think you know probably like thousands of domains have cropped up over the last couple of weeks as as we saw with COVID, right? You know, people searching for information on how they can help, and there's probably a lot of scam websites out there as well. You know, like hey, you want to help Ukraine donate here, and you really don't know where your money's going or you know kind of who it's actually helping and and you know it's it's how do people navigate that joe i mean you know like the whole disinformation and you, pictures are from like eight years ago but purportedly to be from last night you know how how can people navigate that probably, i think the best, thinking about it or in terms of in terms of the news stories that come out the best um the best yeah. practices to make sure that you're reading a, a legitimate news site or somebody who you can you can trust outside of outside of just the right. specific tweet, um, you know, something that you're not just forwarding yeah. because you see immediately, but because you can vet um, or trust right. the person who's vetted before. Um, there are things like reverse image yeah. searches that you can use to, to check. Um, and for a lot of the things that are quick and outrageous, um, you can usually find news stories explaining what's actually going on, things like one of the outrages that that yeah. sort of cropped up was that Disney pulled the movie Anastasia. Uh, Anastasia. Um, it was because they have it's they're contractually up. Uh, right. The Stars Network is now going to show it. They they had a they they sold the right to it rights to it. It wasn't because of Russia. Um, right. right. A lot of these things are consistent throughout any breaking news event. Um, and it's always yeah. important to consider that there, anytime you have on the ground combat reporting or on the ground reporting of any kind, the facts will change um, yeah. uh, as these things move right. along. In terms of charities, um, I think that you have to have both the basic ground rules that you would normally have, making sure that you you weren't responding to an e you know an email s uh, scam or that sort of thing. And in addition to that, I think. Um, there's always going to be opportunism around emerging news stories. I think it's probably wise to look for established charities that um, existed before this rather than new people who have just right. popped up over the past five. Right. Um, Right, right. Uh, while I'm sure that there are a number of, there's a lot of good works from people who are newer. Um, right. The, uh, if I was donating money, I would, I would 
do it through somebody who I could has a track record of these kinds of things in the past. And not just because that might be a scam, mm-hmm. but because uh, charity is tough. Um, right. They have the infrastructure. Uh, so everything's having together. experience and being able to establish that experience is, 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 is a worthwhile thing, even with the best intentions. That's, that's what we did. We, we, we donated in, in my house, my wife and I, last night. And, and so a recommendation I would make also is don't respond to emails or click on links. Yeah. Right. If, if you get an email and you're really into that charity, look at it. Go to the website without clicking yeah. on the link or Google it and, and make sure it's real at a minimum. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I really had trouble. I reached out to a friend who's an expert in this area. And, uh, you know, the International Red Cross was was top of the list. And, and that's, you know, not the right charity for everyone or whatever. But I had the same problem, Rachel. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do I ensure my money is going to the place that I want it to, to help the people of right. Ukraine um, and not somebody's pocket or, or some kind of scam, right? Right, right. So it, I, I, it's a great question. And, and it proved yesterday when my wife and I were talking about it, it proved a lot more difficult than I thought to figure out how to, how to donate to, to, for maximum effect and targeting. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. So, so transitioning a little bit though, Joe, um, CISA has the new shields up website out there. Yep. They are banging the drum louder than I've ever seen them do it before. I'm getting Jen Easterly's tweets every, every, at least day, if not more. Um, little reminders, big reminders, pleading with American industry and, and probably even global industry to to patch, to use multi-factor authentication. You know, all the stuff they've been talking about for a long time. But it seems like they are on a very active campaign to raise our shield level. Are you, uh, well, I you think know, that there what, are two issues that area? you have to consider here? One of them is that, um, is the not pet yet issue. Um, it, in... When NotPetya happened in 2017, that was not intended to be the massive global event that it turned out to be. It was it was an attack directed at Ukraine that went far beyond. Yeah, escaped. escaped. Um, <laughs> it slipped. Don't tell yeah, Maersk I, that it was just a little slip, or I think FedEx was impacted too. Sorry, yeah, guys. it was more than just a yeah. little slip. When um, we, we know what you're looking saying. at these kinds of attacks. Uh, the one of the wipers, one of the three wipers that have been identified, the uh, hermetic wiper, um, was found in Latvia mm-hmm. and Lithuania, um, as well as in mostly in Ukraine. Um, there's a legitimate concern that unintentionally, uh, uh, if there is a cyber attack on Ukraine, mm-hmm. that might extend beyond Ukraine um, and that you should be prepared for it as if it was right. an intention, as if they were intending to attack you because – in an instance. the consequences are the, consequences the same. In the event the same. that it's a wormable, right. event that it's wormable malware, yeah. then the it's attacking you the same way it's attacking its intended victim. Um, there's also the concern that if right. that as sanctions get more severe, as more of the more pressure is put on Russia, the same way that they have raised right. a th- nuclear threat level, they might also. Uh, start a a cyber um, start right. start attacks on the United States in terms of 
um, or, or you know global industry in terms of uh, as a way to fight back against that. And additionally, they might uh, free up ransomware or other criminal groups to work as a proxy in that case. So it might not appear to be the Russian, or, you right. know, it might not appear to be Russian government. So there are a number exactly. of different threats that could materialize throughout this, uh, stemming from Russia specifically. And additionally, yeah. like you said, uh, there are all of these kinds of just just opportunistic. Uh, there's there's an opportunity for just regular crime to piggyback off of of the Ukraine conflict because people are concerned. Right. People are legitimately have 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 reason to click on everything that that deals with Ukraine because there's obviously a huge humanitarian thing that will capture good-hearted people's interest in and of itself. So what you're saying is there's an opportunity opportunity here for ransomware groups and others in, instead of using the Nigerian print scheme they would do a please help the people of Ukraine scheme. You click yeah, on a link and, and boom, there's right. also, there's a, there's an yeah, interesting leading up to the war in Ukraine. And a lot of people have said it's pro that the two might've been connected. Russia had started to crack down on, um, crack down on local cyber criminals. Um, it hadn't been extreme, but there had been a series of arrests of, uh, there was a major carding group, um, some of the arrests. Of, but was that real um, or do you think that was for show? The people who I've spoken to believe that it was mostly for show, um, that it wasn't a full hearted attempt, um, whether that meant that they were trying to appease the United States right. and the global community who were going to sanction them on its own or whether they were preparing to have a, a, right. a card to play. Um, don't stop us when we do this, this next thing in, you know, don't stop our invasion because, um, we are useful allies in this other thing. Most people didn't think that that meant that they were going to, even at the time, uh, did not think that that meant that Russia was going to be a full partner in, um, in fighting cybercrime domestically. Um, it apparently the, the cyber Crime groups didn't think that either, or Conti probably wouldn't have backed uh, backed Russia in that case. But um, even just lightening that grip, um, the small grip that they had, is 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 a danger. Um, there's a uh, any deterrence that that had originally is gone if they if they stop uh, if right. if they stop the, the the flow of arrests throughout this this process. Wow. I, I, um, I guess I cynically like would, when I hear something like that, I, I think of it more as a recruiting opportunity <laughs> than necessarily, you know, one that's, uh, doling out law enforcement. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, I think, uh, we talk a lot about kind of the other shoe dropping though, Joe, and I, you know, I know there's always the worry of the leakage out, but we're not, we're not seeing that. Yet. And, you know, and there's always that question about distraction. Look over here while something else is going on. I mean, not that this is that's what's going on here, but it is it is interesting. The, or, you know, I mean, the original the round of attacks, um, when you look at the people who were targeted, um, the, 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 the most prominent thing that came out of this 
while the wiper was the most um, explosive news to the cybersecurity community, I think that more impactful right. things seem to be the DDoS attacks that ran in January and then again in um, in uh, February. Um, and though, though against financial mm-hmm. institutions that were paired with SMS spam campaigns, right? Uh, it appeared that the two combined together mm-hmm. were, combi- were were trying to force sort of a cyber run on the banks to cut out services and to create mm-hmm. more discontent within the country. Um, that is not the same thing. That that, that is not the kind right. of. Not only is that something not not something that spills over, but that isn't the kind of destructive thing that I think right. people fear in this to have spillover. Um, the wiper malware that we've seen right. so far has been very targeted, um, and as well as the Trojan that Microsoft discovered. Um, in all cases, uh, people have specifically said that uh, that it, that it seemed very targeted and unlikely to escape. Um, because of, mm-hmm. certainly because of the the earlier fears caused by not Petya, um, it does not seem like that's that's happening, and it doesn't seem like um, even within mm-hmm. Russia, even within Ukraine, if, that there is the same kind of widespread devastation, to, uh, civilian mm-hmm. devastation that could be caused by um, malware that that something like a not Petya would have caused. Wipers are not. Wipers are um, new. Other nations have used them. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, Shem- Shamoon is is probably. Yeah, Shamoon's a popular one from two thousand. What was that? It's 12, been a, it, thir- probably twelve. Yeah, Saudi Aramco. Saudi Aramco. I, I mean, it's 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 been a minute for that. Um, obviously, the idea of just deleting everything is 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 not a particularly novel way to. Um, to if you were going if you didn't know anything about malware and you were just going to just sort of guess what malware does deleting everything would be a good guess um it's a good start right i mean a lot of one of the things that's worth noting is um the hermetic wiper the the one that came in february right before the launch of the invasion um it looks like there was a r- ransomware component used to shield the installation, um, used as a smokescreen for the installation of um, of of the wiper itself. So that's a regular reminder that um, in the in instances with ransomware or any kind of criminal attack, there might be other thing there, that the thing that you see might not be the only thing that's going on. Um, Right, which is similar to what we saw with Petya, I believe. And what was Petya? 17 ish? Where. It was like. Yeah, but it was the inverse. It was once it's in. Ransomware. Oh, go ahead. So what it was was essentially ransomware that didn't have a well designed decryption function. It was ransomware that could never decrypt. And. Right. Whether or not. Whether or not the attackers wanted it to, um, the because um, if you think about it, uh, encrypting a system and deleting all the files on a system are, are very similar. If you don't give somebody the key, 
Um, and so, I mean, right. but um, in these cases, it was two separate strains, two separate things that uh, um, the ransomware was a, a different, different component to uh, a, a different piece of software as the wiper. Um, and it appears that there was a third piece of software that was used to spread it through networks. Um, but in terms of it leaving Russia, I don't think, uh, in terms of it leaving the Ukraine, I don't think that we've seen anything that, I am unaware of anything that yeah. um, either is the kind of wormable threat that um, would threaten the spillover or um, has spilled over. Right. So, so let's let's turn to the future then. We're a weekend, I guess a day. We're probably eight days in to this invasion, this conflict. More if you count the 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 prelude to it. Um, what do you think happens from a cyber angle? Like, where do you think this goes? If you had to take a guess, and we're not holding you to anything, just I'd love your opinion. I am not a military strategist, um, but I've heard people guess at different lengths of how long of the duration of this conflict will be, um, and those range anywhere from weeks to months mm -hmm. to decades. I think there are different opportunities for right. how cyber warfare would be a component depending on whether it's weeks or months or decades, um, the duration of this probably yeah, impacts the what right. the, what, what kind of options Russia intends to use. Um, but the, it doesn't seem like the kind, I mean, the CISA alerting alone, uh, would, would show it doesn't seem like a, a thing that the, the, the government has counted out quite yet. Yeah, that, that was my thought also. Like, this could get worse before it gets better. And we'll learn a lot from it. Right. Unfortunately, but yes. Unfortunately, yeah. Okay. Wow. So uh, can you tell us what you're working on now, Joe? Any exciting stories you want to want to share with our listeners? We want release before um, Tuesday. It's, yeah, it's Friday. As we, and as it's we Friday. talk about this, one of the things we're working on is a story about the potential drawbacks to joining up with the, 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 the IT army of the Ukraine hacker brigade kind of things um, in terms of legality, potential pushback, um, yeah. it's that whole very similar to hackback in that um, right? yeah. people are putting themselves in a nation yeah. state sphere that may not necessarily be prepared to be in that space um, right. the um, I think that that's, that's, that's the next interesting thing it will probably be out uh, before yeah. Tuesday so I am I don't know what that means for time. Um, in a non-linear time construct, it is, it is, it's both in the future and in the past. Um, 
Right. Right. <laughs> so speaking of time, how much time are you spending right now researching, writing, more research, picking your topics? Well, I think I mean, for it's anybody, be crazy for you. For me, it's easier. I think then for people who are covering, I think with one thing that conflicts do is put your own life in perspective. Um, for me, I'm following right. the cyber aspects of it, but those are, you know, operate on sort of like a staircase, uh, a big thing happens and then there's some quiet and then another big thing happens and then there's some quiet. Um, and while I have to pay attention a lot, um, the big thing that will happen, um, it'll be hard to miss. Whereas the people who are covering um, the war on the ground, um, that's uh, that is considerably more work. And I would I would it's hard for me to say uh, it's hard for me to say my life is difficult uh, when people are being shot at. Uh, right. Agreed. Shot at no power, no food, cold, maybe no heat, you know, similarly to the Ukraine citizens. Right. It's a horrible, horrible place experience right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So we, we've covered a lot today, Rachel. We've, we've covered Shields Up. We've covered Hacking Back. We've covered Petya, Not Petya, and, and Wipers. Um, we, we've covered the, the lead into the, to the Ukraine invasion. Yeah. Um, Conti. Yeah. Con don't forget Conti. Don't forget Conti. Right. We can Conti and <laughs> ransomware. <laughs> and what's the episode and the beginning. It was, was, was one of those, it was like a cliffhanger at the beginning of the show and that you have to, <laughs> have to stay tuned. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was a nice tea up, Rachel. Was a nice tea. I had a, I had a professor once who referred to that it. as the evil Knievel yeah. school of storytelling, where evil Knievel drives up to the edge of the the cliff, <laughs> looks down, and then drives back. Before. The, yeah, you, you know, you look Revs down, the engine a little bit. It's dangerous. Then you go back, and then you do the jump. Um, most of journalism is, is based on evil Knievel. Um, Uh, can't see it, but I'm in a dumpster. I had not heard that before, Joe. Thank you. That's exciting. <laughs> okay, Rachel. I think we're at the end of the hour later on a, in the day on a Friday. That's right. A lot more to come from Joe and, and uh, SE Magazine. Um, Tune I, into them. Where where can we find you, Joe? Like, what's the best way? I just, I just look at your emails, but where do we, where do uh, we find I, I love yeah, following you your Twitter, Joe. Your Twitter's hilarious. I'm it's great. at Joe Uchel on Twitter. Um, if you want to read uh, uh, exhaustive coverage of, of what's going on uh, in um, for enterprises based on Ukraine and beyond, uh, scmagazine.com uh, is the home of SC Media. Um We've 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 got news stories that probably happened between now and when the, the podcast came out. Um, Absolutely, yeah. definitely, and it's mutual. U C H Y U and the word chill. Um, yes. Yep. It's very odd nice. because Joe oh, nice. Chill was the person pattern. who killed yeah. Batman's parents. 
uh, in the comic. <laughs> and then Joe Hill is Stephen King's son, who is also a horror writer. Um, so it's a it. I okay. I am within two letters of way more famous people. Like I'm very nearly way more important. <laughs> we'll get you there. We'll get you there. <laughs> Joe, watch, watch this. Rachel, take us out for the day, please. And, and while we're at it, Joe, you chill. <laughs> well, as always, Joe, you chill. It's great to have you back on the podcast. Um, always great insights that you share. And we really, really, really appreciate it. Um, and to all of our listeners, thanks again for joining us uh, for another week of, of scintillating conversation uh, and, and learning about the world around us. Um, and don't forget to smash the subscription button, as we know, right? Get a fresh, fresh episode in your inbox every Tuesday. And so, Conti's a mess. Not a bad week con- not from a that bad regard. Week. It was a bad <laughs> week, but not from that regard. There's always a silver lining somewhere. Eric. Right. Always. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next week, guys. Bye. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. 